Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Hope everybody had a great weekend, as well as a great Mother's Day uh, for you and your family, and of course, uh, your mom uh, or um, you know whoever you call your mom in, in your life. So hope you guys had a great weekend. SMU sure had a great weekend, and we're going to jump right in. Two more commitments for the transfer portal class for the Mustangs. We're going to lead off with the one that started off the weekend. Notre Dame offensive line transfer Caleb Johnson, a former four-star prospect out of the state of Florida in the 2021 signing class. Uh, He's the son of Aaron Johnson, uh, who played offensive line at Ball State before playing eight seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs. So nice bloodlines there with Caleb Johnson announcing his commitment. Who's at Notre Dame? Uh, was really third-team offensive lineman in 2022. They had two highly touted uh, starters there for the Irish, and really his path to playing time wasn't there for him this upcoming season. So his clock's ticking. He's redshirted. He's made his, um, you know, uh, effort to move up the depth chart, but his chance to start wouldn't really be until 2024 until, until those starters really moved on. And so He opted to go ahead and enter the transfer portal. He's a part of an SMU class that does feature commitments uh, from Ja'Kai Clark, uh, Logan Parr, and Hyron White on the offensive line now. And he's about 6'5 and a half, 295 listed on Notre Dame's site. I think when you look at his impact uh, at the offensive line position for SMU, they've addressed the interior with Logan Parr and Ja'Kai Clark. They've also brought in Tyron White to man that right tackle spot. Uh, And also, of course, I forgot to mention P.J. Williams, that Texas A&M highly touted transfer who's uh, been playing a lot of right tackle in spring ball. So really now Caleb Johnson is uh, commitment number five uh, for the Mustangs on the offensive line. But um, he is somebody that I think can play all four spots on the offensive line. And when you look at SMU's offensive line this year, there's no question you're going to have Marcus Bryant and Hyron White as your two starting tackles. So where does Caleb Johnson fit in here? I think for this year, you maybe see him play a backup left tackle spot. Maybe you see him play uh, along the interior, right guard, left guard, start trying to really you know, uh, get in there as far as uh, one of the guys who could start. Um, with P.J. Williams, he showed some really nice things in the spring um, as far as his upside and kind of what's next for him. And I think when you look at him long term, he could even be able to slide over the left side and be that, you know, true bookend, uh, you know, all conference type of offensive tackle if it all comes together for him. So really, Caleb Johnson is a guy who's going to come in here and have an opportunity to play kind of all over. I don't necessarily think he has a path to start at the tackle spots for SMU, but we saw last year Marcus Bryant got dinged up, Owen Condom got dinged up at times. They had to kind of work uh, different guys in there, here and there. But both are really well-respected in terms of what they're going to bring to the table for SMU in 2023. So for Caleb Johnson, I think you want to get your feet wet into this new system. Uh, Offensive line coach Darren Justice recruited him out of uh, the state of Florida, coming out of high school. So there's some familiarity there. Uh, He was a part of a really good Trinity Catholic team down there in the Ocala area. Um, And now the goal would be, all right, get him in, 
find out where he can play. Where can he help SMU the most right away? And that's where I'm intrigued to see what Garen Justice does with him this season. Um, he's a guy that made his collegiate debut against USC this fall. He didn't play at all as a true freshman in 2021. So he's probably really green when it comes to true college experience. But he has, of course, played you know, on a college football team that is routinely, you know, stockpiled with talent in Notre Dame. So um, I think for Caleb Johnson, the big thing will be um, where do you fit in? And that is on Garen Justice to uh, tinker with that offensive line. And when you look at what SMU has on the offensive line, it's a group that when I look at it, I think you know you have Marcus Bryant and Hyron White at the tackle position. You have uh, P.J. Williams long-term at the tackle position. Could Caleb Johnson be a guy long-term at the tackle position? Probably. And uh, I think that's where if they slot him in at left or right tackle and kind of play with him uh, at the edge, maybe that's the spot for him this year. Because when we look at the interior of this offensive line, they've got Branson Hickman coming back, who they're really high on coming off of his spring that he put together. But they also have Ja'Kai Clark, who played center at Miami. But he also played guard. Logan Parr is snapped as well, which is important to note in that competition for the center position. So he could factor in there. You have Justin Osborne, who they're being careful with uh, as he recovers from a back injury. And now that you have um, Ben Sparks, who's gotten a lot of experience over the last year or so, getting some plug and play time there. Um, and you also have Phelan Robinson, who's come back from his injury, got back into the mix during spring ball. They actually moved him inside to that right guard spot. Um, they also moved Dalton Perdue into that right guard spot. They've toyed around a bunch um, with these guys on the offensive line. And then finally, Cam Irving. He's a, an interior guy uh, who's played a good bit uh, for SMU over the past couple of years as well. So there's a lot uh, that's kind of up in the air for SMU when you look at the offensive line in terms of who is going to really take uh, the bull by the horns and grab it. Um, that's the big thing. Um, that I've really kind of taken away from watching them build this offensive line group because I think with who they brought in and just kind of how the spring went, the X factor now becomes Justin Osborne. And if he's ready to go, that will be huge for SMU because he was probably SMU's best offensive lineman start to finish last year. And then you get into, all right, if Justin Osborne's back, where does Ja'Kai Clark fit? Where does uh, – um, can Branson Hickman hold on to his uh, starting center spot? And if those things happen, then you're in a really good spot, feeling good long-term about your depth at offensive line overall. Um, and you do have what's next on the offensive line. And oh, by the way, they have three freshmen coming in in Sean Scott, Reagan Gill, and Alex Woods in this 2023 class. So we told you guys that SMU was hosting a former four-star prospect. That was one of them. The wait continues for another former four-star prospect. Um, and we dropped some notes on the board uh, heading into the weekend on where things stand with that prospect. So if you haven't subscribed to OnThePonyExpress.com, go ahead and do that. It's just $30 for six months. So five bucks a month for those six months. Pretty incredible deal there to stay ahead of the game on who is visiting and who SMU is targeting in the transfer portal. Before we go any further, I got to talk to you about our friends at Dank Vodka. Dank Vodka, the first terpene-based vodka in the country. Trey Feist, a uh, U.S. Army vet, former bartender, said, you know what? I wanted to reshape 
the vodka industry, find something that I can drink on the rocks, can use it as a kind of a pre-prohibition style vodka. He's in Specs. He's in Total Wine. He's on Drizzly. And you can check him out uh, on those avenues uh, with some of the tastings that we posted about on the message board and talked about on the podcast. Um, Trey is continuing to hit the road uh, with his tastings. So be sure to meet up with Trey. We posted his tastings uh, last week. Um, This week, it's May 15th right now as we're recording this. So he's going to be at the Total Wine on Park Lane uh, from 2 to 8 p.m. on Tuesday, the 16th. He's going to be at the Total Wine in Euless from 2 to 8 on uh, Wednesday. And then on Thursday, he's going to be at the Total Wine on Alliance Boulevard in Fort Worth all day. And then on May 19th, heading into the weekend, he's going to be at the Goody Goody in Little Elm from 4 to 7. So breaking into Goody Goody as well. He's a premium product for um, Total Wine, which is an incredible uh, feat to uh, get on your resume if you're any type of uh, liquor distributor and and brand, because once you're backed by Total Wine, uh, it's really to the moon. So excited to continue our partnership with Dank Vodka. Be sure to check them out uh, wherever at Total Wine, um, Drizzly, and uh, Specs, and uh, meet up with Trey. He'd love to meet you guys and, and tell him that On the Pony Express sent you guys. SMU wasn't done on the commitment train this weekend. A Mother's Day commitment from TCU defensive back transfer Chiron Chambers. Uh, the former Dallas South Oak Cliff standout committed to the Mustangs after the Mustangs really been the favorite from the get-go since he entered the transfer portal um, last month. Um, he spent one just one season in Fort Worth. Six foot, 195 pound defensive back, played in five games as a true freshman, one of which was not postseason. So he is a true um, three years of college eligibility left with four years uh, to play out those three seasons. Um, He didn't record a tackle, but he was running in the two deep this spring for TCU um, and even got some time with the first team as well over there in Fort Worth. And, you know, he was a part of that uh, South Oak Cliff State Championship team in 2021 with Kevin Henry Jennings. So another sock kid coming to play for the Mustangs. Um, And this is really um, a huge pickup for SMU. So we've talked about what they've done in the secondary. And we talked about uh, Keyshawn Mills earlier this month, giving the Mustangs another cornerback long term. Uh, But what Kyron Chambers brings is really versatility. I think he can play corner. I think he can play safety. I think he could be the heir apparent at the nickelback spot um, when it's all said and done. Um, SMU has Brandon Crosley, who just graduated over the weekend. So congratulations to B. Cross for for uh, you know hitting that milestone, as did uh, a bunch of uh, Mustangs over the weekend. But um, they have Brandon Crosley for one more season. They have C.J. Sanders now, who's played two seasons at Fresno State. He came in. who's a backup. Uh, nickel this spring, but a guy who's played a ton of college football. So really the plan, if you're looking at it from the nickelback spot, would be Brandon Crosley to C.J. Sanders um, to Kyron Chambers if he does slot in at nickel. If he doesn't, he's going to be in the mix at corner. Um, there's a lot of different players in there um, battling for you know spots. We talked about Keyshawn Mills. He was the latest before Kyron Chambers committed. Uh, Chris Meganson and Char- Charles Woods will be gone after this year. But then for SMU, they have A.J. Davis. They have uh, Kavaris Hall. Um, you know, we, we see the continued development of a lot of these players at the cornerback spot under Ricky Hunley. 
And I, I think the future is as bright as I've seen it. You know, you don't necessarily have somebody, I think, coming up that you feel like, all right, that is a no-brainer pro player. There's a lot of kind of pro potential out there. Jalen Davis Robinson, um, Kyron Chambers, uh, A.J. Davis is starting to trend that way with his role he had late last season. Jahari Rogers is expected back as well for SMU after kind of missing the spring to kind of focus on academics. So the corner room is deep, man. And I think the remake and revamping that they've done has really been impressive. So, um, you know, Chiron Chambers, he can play all over. I think that's important. Um, and we at On3 were really high on Chiron Chambers coming out of high school. Um, we, we led the way on him as far as a rankings perspective goes. Um, we had him as a um, four-star prospect just inside the On300, a top 30 corner nationally. Um, only website to have him as a four-star. So another four-star prospect coming into that secondary for SMU. And look, everybody's going to ask the, the question, what's next? What's next? Well, we teased about the former four-star prospect that is still out there for SMU. So go read up on that on the website. But of course, what does this mean for TCU wide receiver and former five-star prospect Jordan Hudson, who is still in the transfer portal? Well, like we said last week on the Mailbag Podcast, um, I still feel SMU is the team to beat. We'll see. Maybe there are some more fireworks to come before summer session gets going for the Mustangs. Uh, but look, they're they're still after Jordan Hudson, um, and they're still after help on the defensive line. So be sure uh, to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com for more on what's next. But kind of wrapping up some thoughts on, on the secondary overall, I think now you have a group uh, that two deep and three deep at certain spots you're feeling very good about where things stand. You have Jonathan McGill, you have Brian Massey, uh, you have um, Ahmad Moses, uh, you have uh, Brandon Crosley, like we talked about, but you also have Isaiah Wachobia, who stepped up in the spring once he returned and was healthy and ready to go. Bryce McMorris is still out there battling, trying to get healthy. Uh, he was kind of uh, a no contact in a sense um, from much of the spring, just kind of getting his feet wet um, after his torn ACL really late last summer. Um, and and Kale Sanders, uh, CJ Sanders has that versatility playback there as well. I just think this this group that they've assembled is really deep. And uh, that's very important uh, over the course of the season. Corners, safeties, um, they they have a tendency sometimes to wear down, you know, and, and we saw that with Brian Massey right off the jump last year. We saw that with certain players uh, getting dinged up the cornerback spot last year and over the really, of course, a couple of years, Ricky Hundley and Scott Simons have made it clear. They want to rotate guys. They don't want guys playing 70, 80 snaps a game. They want them almost like a 1A, 1B type of style. You're going to have a guy like a Charles Woods or a Jonathan McGill, um, maybe even a Brandon Crosley, who takes that ownership of, let's say, 75% of the snaps, 80% of the snaps. But what they really want to be careful of is wear and tear on these guys. And we saw it last year. I think kind of watching SMU through the years, I think we saw the most rotation defensively that I've seen since covering the team in quite some time. And even if it meant at times SMU sacrificing the talent that was on the field, and it played out well for the most part. They went three and one November. Obviously, the bowl game sucked the way it ended. Um, obviously, not having Rasheed Rice and Jalen Thomas hurt, but Look, and they were done out of running back, but when you have guys who are fre are truly fresh late in the season, that's important. And that's something that 
SMU for years has had to squeeze every single bit out of players. And they haven't been able to say, all right, we're going to tap him on the shoulder, go in, get you, get you a series, let the starter, so to speak, take some rest and be able to kind of regain himself and get out there and play at a higher level more consistently because of that rotation. We haven't really seen that for years under, under SMU. They've had to just take everything from everyone that could actually play and ask the most of them. This year, I think we're going to see a good bit of rotation. The linebacker room, we saw it last year when they they got, you know, they had Jimmy Phillips, they had Shannon Reed, they had Isaac Slade, Matotia, but they also played Jaquandis Burns. They also played Cam Farrar here and there. Um, they had guys that kind of popped in there here and there to kind of give them a blow. And at the time, it was kind of a maybe a, a drop down. The linebacker position is a still a question mark. We're feeling better about it. You've got to see it all come together. But overall, you're seeing a defense, and if they can address the defensive line one more time, you're seeing a defense that's two and at certain spots, maybe even three deep, where guys can be trusted or, I should say, really have the talent to be be trusted. Because we saw, once they turned it over to Ahmad Moses and A.J. Davis, gave them more reps late in the year, they took it on and really shined uh, in their own way. And for, for true freshmen, for guys who are still figuring it out. And I think as the younger guys that they brought in, so Jalen Davis Robinson, Keyshawn Mills, um, obviously Kyron Chambers, guys like that continue to figure it out, they might be able to play a little bit more down the stretch there. You have that true talent to rely on people and just say, all right, we're going to leave you out on an island, just play, be smart, but you have the speed, you have the technique, you have the tools just go apply it now. And at certain points over the past few years, especially in the secondary, it's kind of been a hope and pray um, in, in terms of some of the backups out there. And they're trying their best and all that, but it's just a reality. So um, SMU continues to get better in the transfer portal. What a run for Rhett Lashley um, and his whole staff. And obviously a big exclamation point on the weekend with Kyron Chambers jumping on board on Mother's Day. So uh, both were on campus for official visits as well. Um, so that is uh, good news for the Mustangs closing on official visitors. Uh, we'll continue to monitor, see if anybody else pops up in the transfer portal as far as visits go. Um, and we will um, keep you guys updated at ponyexpress.com. But uh, that is about it on the transfer front. One quick note, Sam Westfall, former SMU defensive back, uh, did commit to Virginia over the weekend. Good for him. Sam's a great dude. Um, really one of those guys you kind of root for. He's taken took a quite the path coming out of JUCO. Gets an SMU degree. Now going to get a master's at UVA. So congratulations to Sam. Um, he'll be a depth piece for them, I would imagine, unless they're really, 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 really thin at corner. But um, still a, a great landing spot. And it you know made a lot of sense for him to move on and get a fresh start with all the talent coming in at SMU as well. So um that is about it on the transfer front. On the recruiting front, uh, we did drop some notes on official visitors that are getting set and locked in. So um, check out those on the site as well. Again, just $30 for six months of coverage. And when you sign up, make sure to take a look at the details on our contest with smoke provisions. Time's running out. Get your uh, friends to jump on board. You can win a free Boulevard tailgate for 30 friends catered by Smoke Provisions at the home game of your choosing in 2023. So an incredible contest. It's very simple. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. 
If you are subscribed, great. Now get your friends to join and the subscriber brings in the most. So think of it as points. Gets the most points, most people to subscribe, you'll win a boulevard. So get 10 friends, say, hey, let's take our stab at this. You know, give us a shot at ontheponyexpress.com to take your shot at the boulevard. So get a bunch of, get a few friends and uh, take your shot at winning that contest. You get a free boulevard catered by Smoke Provisions plus beer. So check that out. Finally, we talked a lot about the Pac-12 last week. Well, our buddy Ross Dellinger, who was on the podcast earlier this spring, go back and check out that interview on our channel. He dropped a big piece all encompassing on realignment. And look, a lot of focus on the message board surrounding one word, maybe. And that is around SMU's um, acceptance into the Pac-12. Um, he was he wrote a huge, huge article. He was out there in Scottsdale at um, the um, conference meetings with the Pac-12 and the Big 12. They're both out there at the same hotel um, meeting with uh, media partners and things like that. Uh, and he dug up a lot of intel on the future of college football. So check it out, Ross Dellinger, good friend of the pod. But to focus in here, he said to expect San Diego State and maybe SMU in the Pac-12 when a media rights deal is agreed to. He did note the quasi, as he liked to put it, and it is kind of a quasi deadline because let's be real, San Diego State is going to pay no matter when they get an invitation to join the Pac-12. Um, but a quasi deadline of July 1st, which raises the exit fee for San Diego State to leave their league. But he said they're expected to be in the Pac-12 and SMU is a maybe. So what does that mean? Well, here's the thing, guys. And I think when you, we had Ross on, he was very particular kind of about how often he he has jumped in, he and his colleagues have jumped into the the re, the realignment and conference, the conference realignment and expansion discussion. And I think one thing I know about Ross, he's going to be very careful. And with something like this, it's wise to be. Now, if you look at San Diego State and how they've handled expansion with the Pac-12, they've been very adamant. We expect good news. We're expecting this. We're expecting that. We see things going our way. SMU, as I've said on the pod, has been very particular about not letting much out. And look, I'm here boots on the ground in Dallas. That's a positive for you guys listening to the pod. It's a positive for on the PonyExpress.com subscribers. But the, the message I continue to get is confidence that SMU is going to be invited to the Pac-12 when that media rights deal gets done. So as far as a maybe goes, I think for Ross, being very careful with reporting on how SMU is involved in this is probably the right move. You know, this is a school that has been very particular about who knows what, who's involved. I, if you're asking me my honest opinion about how many people are actually involved in the day-to-day -day discussions with the Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, those are the three leagues we've talked about. I think it's David Miller, the head of the uh, board of trustees, chairman of the board. And I think it's President Turner. And if that's the list, that's the group, information is going to be tough to come by. And I think that's important to note um, when you kind of monitor how people report, especially on SMU. San Diego State's been very open and uh, blunt and kind of brash about it. They're, they're, they're battling their way in to the Pac-12 as far as buzz goes. And I think that's important to note 
when it comes to how they feel and how their sources would feel about their chances for the Pac-12. With SMU, they've been down this song, this song and dance before. We've seen it with the Big 12. They went and did a whole presentation. The Big 12 ended up standing pat. That was years ago now. So probably a little bit of cautious uh, play by SMU as far as what they're hearing on their end. But if you look at a lot of the reporting around SMU, they're expected to be in. And I think being mentioned in that same breath says it all with San Diego State. So I did want to note on that, um, you know, as far as when a media rights deal could be done, we talked about that last week on the podcast as well. I still think summer, I think mid to late June. And if this thing is all kind of ironed out and put together, then you'd expect two invitations to come, one to San Diego State, one to SMU. One thing coming out of that article, though, it looks like the Pac-12 is standing pat. They are waiting for that media rights deal. The schools are committed. And I think that's important for people to note as well. So they've been kind of following their path as of late. Obviously, they jumped the gun as far as the use of the word imminent and media deal coming and all that. But since then, they've been following kind of their plan and and just trying to knock out this media rights deal. Things are still getting buttoned up. Seems like every day there's a new report here and there about it. But for the most part, uh, things sit in a really good spot for SMU, which is really all you can ask for. It's a waiting game. Their feet are kicked up uh, in a sense. As far as the overall presentations, they had George Klyovkov on campus. We know that was months ago. But look, whenever you're in that position and you get somebody like that on campus, it's still, if you go back to it, it says a ton. SMU and San Diego State have been the two schools that have hosted George Klyovkov. And I expect both to be the ones that get invited to um, the Pac-12. So with that, guys, going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Um, we will have a lot more later this week. I'm going to try to start uh, figuring out some other, uh, of course, things to talk about. We've just had so much transfer news for you guys. So um, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and also subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. I'll be on the road a lot this week seeing high school practices and spring games. So I'll be sure to grab some notes for you guys at OnThePonyExpress.com for our subscribers. So check those out. A lot more to come. Offer reactions are going out. Um, and we'll do a more recruiting-focused pod on Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that. So hope you guys enjoy your evening uh, and rest of the week. If you're a Stars fan, hopefully the Stars can bring it home in Game 7 tonight. So with that, we're going to shut down this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.